This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code STUFF at checkout and you'll get 10% off. Squarespace, build it beautiful. Hey guys, we are going to be live in person, not just disembodied voices, but just standing there. Yeah. Hair and all. Clothes on. Most likely. Probably. Yes. From the waist down at least. <laughs> right. We're like reverse Donald Ducks. Yeah. Yeah. Are we going topless? I guess. I never forget. He just wore a shirt and a Yeah, hat. he didn't have on pants. Right. <laughs> wow. Anyway, we're doing a live show. That's right. We're doing several live shows for our Warmer Climbs Winter Tour and, uh, we're sold out in San Francisco, Boom. San Diego, Kapow. and Austin. So you guys are on our Christmas list for next year. Yeah, you are. Uh, but there are still tickets available in uh, Dallas and um, Atlanta. Uh, on a different list. Boo. And uh, Birmingham. And Birmingham and uh, New Orleans. You can yeah, still get seats right. there. Man, we're all over the map. That's right. So just go to SYSKLive.com, powered by Squarespace. Yeah. As is our tour. Yes. And uh, go check it out, man. We'll see you in January, right? Yes. You got any other tidbits? No. Okay. Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Chuck Bryant. Jerry's in the house. We're back to basics. <laughs> yeah. We're doing a social sciences episode. Oh, man. I mean, we're all right, man. We get to tear it apart. <laughs> you uh, you believe in body language? Sure. Watch this. You're winking and shouldering and nodding your head, and you're loosening up, and you're doing some weird biting thing. <laughs> what did I say? Uh, you said I'm feeling silly. <laughs> That's exactly what I was saying. How about that? Yeah, it said I've had a Diet Mountain Dew, and I'm pepped up. Ah, okay. That's I what I was saying. I missed the... Uh... Now I'm crashing. <laughs> and he's down. Uh, you doing good? Yeah. I'm hanging on by a thread. Are you? Sure. We can make it through this, man. You you can do this in your sleep. Okay. Don't go to sleep. Okay. It'll you, be so boring. You could theoretically do this in your sleep. Yeah. Okay. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Um, so body language. It is a thing. I, yeah. When I was researching, I was like... This is junk science. There's no way this is real. And I could not find anything that just said, like, yes, body language is obviously junk science. Apparently, it's very well-established and well-reputed. Yeah. I, I mean, I understand, like, like yes, there is such a thing as body language. Yeah, It's sure. rooted in, the, in evolution. Yeah. It's basically evidence of evolution from an animalian ancestor. Yeah. But the idea that, like, you can read somebody... Especially like that facial coding system, it just struck me as really like junky. Yeah, well, we did. Um, I could have sworn we had done this one when I we did micro it. expressions. Yeah, we did that in I think two thousand nine, and I don't remember how I weighed in on it back then. So I'm just going to start anew. Yes, it may it may be a different take. I well, have no idea. People grow and change; their opinions evolve. You know. Well, here's what I think. Of course, body language is real, and it can tell you a lot. Can tell you a lot. Uh huh. But it can also mis- you can be misdirected very easily. Sure. And uh, I mean, we'll get to it. But I found some stuff from a former FBI guy. Even uh, it doesn't say it's junk science, but he's like, it, you can fool somebody too if you're a sociopath. You know this about body language and right. micro expressions. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, it's a myth that. Uh, That's how I get by. <laughs> apparently, it's a myth that uh, eye con or uh, not having eye contact means deception 
um, while it can, his whole point is they've done studies over the years and habitual liars uh, and antisocials and psychopaths mm-hmm. Uh, have the most eye contact, apparently. Probably because there's that myth. Yeah, exactly. So it's like a self-fulfilling myth. Yeah, Ted Bundy was probably like, i got to make great eye contact with everyone I speak with. I'm looking into your soul. Otherwise, the jig will be up. Right. And I won't get to kill people any longer. My favorite thing. Right. And then, uh, so yeah, there's a lot of myth. There's that, there's that one myth also where like you look up into the right or up into the left if you're lying or recalling. Yeah. Remember, I can't remember. We We debunked that in something here or there a while back. Yeah, I think I think body language is fun to talk about and study, but when you're convicting someone a, a, as a jury right. based on micro expressions, yes, there's where the junk science comes in for me. It gets a little dangerous, and not just with body language too. We need to do a whole episode on forensics in general and just how junky the science that yeah. most of it is based on. It's basically the only thing that's that's left standing is DNA, and even that can be wildly misinterpreted. Yeah. And we're using this to, like, execute people. Yeah. And there, there's a big problem with it. So I think we've arrived at my problem with it. It's junk science when you apply it for, like, law enforcement. Yeah, as fact. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. So, uh... Can we be done? <laughs> <laughs> this is the other thing that got me, too. Um, Albert Mehrabian. Uh, <laughs> I totally nailed that guy's name. I bet the H is silent. Mehrabian? Mehrabian? I bet it's just Mehrabian, not Mehrabian. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Dr. Mehrabian, uh, back in 1981, said that in the first four minutes of meeting someone, our facial expressions account for 65% of the impression we make. 7% of that impression comes from our actual words while the remainder of the information comes from our tone of voice. Yeah, he that, was... That, um, I think, is what made me think, like, no, this is all BS. Yeah, because it sounds... Uh, who can who can say that? You can't. You Maybe can't. in 1981 you could get away with that crap. Not in 2015. <laughs> no, 16. Yeah. You're living in the past. Uh, yeah, Morabian was... Uh, he's, he was probably one of the first <laughs> researchers uh, to study this in the 1940s out of UCLA, and um, I agree. You, you can't just break down percentages. Well, I think what he really means to say, if I may speak for him, yes, is facial expressions and tone of voice account for a lot of a lot of what you're getting out of a person. And I don't think anyone would disagree with that. <laughs> and the words account maybe for even less than those two things combined. I think people would agree with that too. I think yeah. it's when you quantify it. Yeah, sure. Seven percent. He just said that just because it sounds. Authoritative, yeah, because he like he fed it into the uh, percentage three uh, maker three thousand, <laughs> and, and it spit it out. Yeah, uh, but that is not to miss the point that uh, communicating um, inadvertently is something through, that we all do through body language. Sure, yeah. There was a there's a great quote I ran across on a Psychology Today post. Um, it was it, the quote comes from a 16th century Scottish mathematician named John Napier. And he said, if language was given to men to conceal their... Oh, you found it too, huh? Yeah, it's, it's a good a, one. It's about as good a quote of, of body language as you can come up with. You do it, Chuck. No, you. You were already halfway through. You do through. better 16th century Scottish <laughs> oh, mathematicians man. than No me. way. I'm not doing... Do not. Sean Connery reading this. <laughs> oh, man. If language was given to men to conceal <laughs> their thoughts, then gesture's purpose was to disclose them. That's perfect. <laughs> not bad. That was a dead-on John Napier. It's not as good as my Christoph Waltz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, he, Napier makes a pretty good point. Like, yeah, you can 
language has all sorts of structure and can be mastered. Body language is much of it is is just inadvertent, and we don't even realize necessarily when you're picking up on it. You just get this weird gut feeling that, uh, no, I don't trust this car salesman, or I want to give this car salesman all of my money, depending on the body language. Yeah, and um, it's pretty clear that this started a long time ago. Like, it predates language. Right. Um, because who wrote this, by the way? This is a Patrick Kiger joint. Oh, Kiger? Yeah. Uh, Kiger says, um, rightfully, that in Tuk-Tuk's age, you didn't have a lot of time to suss things out, right. like, uh, up close and personal. You know, once you got close enough within striking distance... You can you, be stricken. Yeah, you might already have that club upside your head. Right. Or that rock in your face. Yeah. So you needed to judge someone's body language as they approach you to survive. Yes. You know? So, so body language makes sense. And you would also presuppose that since we are descended from animals and animals clearly do engage in body language, yeah. um, that body language would be older than language. Although this, this article says that language didn't exist until about 100,000 years ago. That's, That's under true, dispute. Now. Oh, really? Possibly as much as a million years ago, people were using some sort of verbal communication. Oh, wow. Yeah. And Neanderthals apparently also had language, probably. Interesting. It is pretty interesting. I'd like to do one on um, animal communication. Have we not? I think we touched on it here and there, but I know there's a lot of uh, things like cats purring and tails wagging on dogs that are misinterpreted. Yeah. Um, or like a wolf growling. I think mm-hmm. that means, come pet me. <laughs> you know, it's often misinterpreted right. as a warning. Come take this steak out of my <laughs> mouth, if you dare. Uh, should we take a break? Sure. All right, let's take a quick one, and uh, we're going to get back and explain a little bit more about uh, what one researcher calls thin slices of experience. So Josh, I said something about thin slices. Of experience. And I'm not talking about the uh, the roast beef line at the buffet. Which is great, thin slices. Well, those are the carving station. Yeah, yeah. You ever yeah. work a carving station? Have I ever worked one? Yeah. I've hung around one long yeah. enough that I basically <laughs> should have been paid, but I was just eating. What do you wait for the next... Uh, Roast to come out so you can get the end cut. <laughs> <laughs> I know I've never been into end cuts, whether oh, it be a loaf of bread or a cut of meat. Oh, really? Like a prime rib end cut? Yeah, no. Oh, daddy, that's good. Isn't it all salt? Maybe that's why I love it. You like the salt, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, the south. To me, it's like the the closer you get to the middle, the juicier it. I like well, stuff that's lower too. cooked. Yeah, you know? and a little uh, little rarer in the middle, right? Uh, obviously. Yeah. So I think that's my problem with the end. Of anything, so it's, it's undercooked. You know, I have or a theory about uh, why people don't like to eat the crust. Why? It's because it's called crust, and that might be part of it. If like a hundred years ago they named it like the 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 butterfly, yeah, the butterfly slice, yeah, people would have been like fighting <laughs> for it. Yeah, like the butterfly slice is delicious. Yeah, have you ever heard George Carlin's little take on? That end slice that everybody always goes past. Uh-uh. They're like, I'm not going to eat that. That's the poison br- piece of bread. I'll, I'll leave that for my family to eat. <laughs> Wait, I guess the end piece isn't called the crust, though, is it? The crust is what's around. But it's all crust. That's the problem with it. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Sure. It's nothing but crust. Yeah. 
not butt crust. It's nothing but crust. I think the other weird man. This is a <laughs> you're so juvenile. This is a strange tangent. <laughs> um, I think the other problem with the bread in pieces is that eating one in piece with a regular slice is a little weird. Oh, it's yeah. But getting that other slice off the tail end is not very feasible or efficient. No. To make two crust pieces. No, but that frequently is the last sandwich that's made out of the loaf yeah. because that one end piece has been hanging around. Yeah, yeah. And so then it, it finally works its way to its mate. Yeah. <laughs> and then you stick some turkey in it and weep quietly while you eat your terrible sandwich. Man. Thin slices. Where were we? Thin of slices. Experience. Yes, this is a professor uh, of psychology uh, named uh, Nalini Embadi. Embadi. Huh. From Tufts University, shout out to my buddy Robert Shahade from high school. Okay, he works at Tufts. Oh, speaking of, you know, there's a kid with like a really huge hit single out right now from your high school. Really? I think your high school's shown in the music video. It's um, watch me whip, watch me nay nay. It's Redan. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Silento. So I'm no longer the most famous person from no. my high school. <laughs> you were until about six months ago. And I will be again in another six months. Maybe. It's a pretty pretty catchy single. It's a hot, hot, hot track. Now, we actually, we had several professional athletes that are much more popular than me. Who? Uh, we had a professional punter. <laughs> actually, I, I may be more popular. you told me that before. Yeah, we have, we've had a few. There's a baseball player. Uh, we had a punter. Travis Tritt went to my high school. Shut up. Really? No. See, that's big time. Yeah. Yeah, Travis Tritt is big. Yeah, I don't have any, like, superstars. Luke Bryan went to Yumi's high school. Man, you guys, where'd you go? Beverly Hills 90210? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) with Shannon Doherty. Uh, Oh, boy, here we go again. Thin Slices from Tufts University. Well, let's let's talk about the Thin Slices thing, man. Um, The... You said earlier that it would be very advantageous, evolutionarily speaking, mm-hmm. to be able to read maybe the rough intentions of some other hunter-gatherer a yeah. 100,000 years ago. Read the room. Like from a distance before they could hit you with a rock, right? Yes. If that was their intent. Sure. Well, just as much, you want to be able to like walk through the world and be threatened by stuff and to make snap judgments about it based on things like body language. Yeah. Same thing, and this this is what the thin slices has to do with. Yeah, they're just those first few seconds when you meet somebody, and uh, I mean, some people may just call it a gut instinct about somebody, but what you're probably doing is reading body language. Right. That's what that gut instinct is. Yes. And those things are processed and generated in, I think, the limbic system, where emotions and feelings are processed in the brain. Yeah, limbic system, from what I understand. <laughs> That's right, which... um she thinks, and I agree with her, that it might explain why we have such, uh, such a, like a powerful gut instinct about some people when we first meet them, because it's tied to emotion. Yeah, and the whole point is, is uh, this guy will cut your throat if you turn your back on him, right? Probably not, but in our modern context, it's you know this guy will inflate the price of the car you want to buy right. if you if you're not careful. Yeah. It's it's this totally different things, but it's based on the same principle. It's all based on body language, and we're able to make snap judgments that we can't even stop and really analyze what it was that person did or what it was about them. Right. We just know that we trust them or don't, or we feel comfortable around them or not, or we fear them or we don't. 
yeah. based on this body language. And, and what um, this professor is saying is we have a very ancient part of our brain that, that is responsible for processing this stuff. Yeah, and I think um, just for me personally, I think if you try to focus on that too much, uh-huh. then you're not doing yourselves any favors. Like, let it be innate. Well, yeah, there's some people who coach this kind of stuff. Yeah. That apparently say, no, do all sorts of crazy, weird stuff, which we'll talk about later. Yeah, agreed. Uh, but what you're looking at um, are, the, there's three different categories, I guess. Um, innate, learned, and some that are both hybrid uh, expressions and postures and things that you do. And, like, for instance, you're born with, like, you can blush. That's an innate thing. You, you blush. You right. don't mean to blush. Especially when somebody's staring at your cheek. Yeah, I don't think you can make yourself blush. Watch this. So, <laughs> just think about hot things in your mouth. <laughs> just tighten up your core. Uh, uh, so that's the innate side. Learned would be things like um, hanging someone a bird. Yeah. Out the car window. Right. Uh, because everyone knows what that means. Depending on where you are. And you've learned it. Yeah, that's not something you're born doing. <laughs> like, yeah, I got your diaper right here. Come Although, change it. a photo of a baby accidentally shooting a bird is one of the great things. Sure. Can we agree? But it's accidental. There's no meaning attached to it. That's what you think. Um, and then there's hybrid hybrid gestures that are like um, shrugging is a really good example. It's something you no- you naturally shrug, right? Right. But it, it's it's not contextual until you learn what to attach, attach it to. Like I don't yeah, know. Sure. You're not born being like, I don't know. Right. Or you or you, you cry, but you've also learned that crying can uh get you something maybe. Right. Like or a cry can, to get out of a uh, traffic ticket or something. Sure. Or to or gain sympathy. It can chase your parents off to the bar. Crying? Yeah. Yeah. One of those. <laughs> um and then Chuck, I said something uh about how you know, Flipping somebody a bird, everybody knows what that means. It does depend on where you are. Sure. Because there is, especially with learned, so I think innate body language is virtually universal. Stuff that you couldn't possibly control. Like, uh, I can't remember why I read it, but if you take a bite of something putrid Mm -hmm. and you make that horrible, like, disgusted face, like, oh, my God, I'm about to vomit everywhere. Right. Everybody who's watching you doesn't have to go, give me that. And then take a bite and taste it themselves. Right. They can look at your face and be like, "I'm not going anywhere near that piece of feces that guy just took a bite of." Yeah. Or the that's uh, how we all learn not to eat feces. Yeah, but there's also the human thing where you're like, "Oh God, smell this." Right. That's the person who wants it. everyone else to yeah. to suffer like they just did. But everybody else has just been communicated to by that innate right. face, that nasty face that you would make. When you eat something disgusting, and again, that evolutionarily that, that protects us in that respect, yeah, the innate stuff. So that's universal, sure. But it's the learned stuff that's culturally dependent. Yeah, like for instance, uh, they have a few examples in the article. Um, uh, smiling in the U.S. might mean, and the United States might mean you're happy. Uh, apparently, in Asia, it might say, "I agree with you." Those are right. pretty close. It could also cover up uh, embarrassment if they're embarrassed oh, yeah, for sure. you or something. Yeah, they might smile. Um, yeah. Is that why everyone's always smiling at me? <laughs> They're embarrassed for me. Uh, what else? Eye contact uh, varies from place to place. Yeah. Uh, here in the United States, someone might think you're listening and, uh, like very keyed into what you're saying. Or you're Ted Bundy. Or you're Ted Bundy. Or if you're in Africa, maybe it might be disrespectful. 
to look someone right in the eye. Yeah, and I looked around to find out what part of Africa, because I hate to leave it like that, you know? Yeah, on this massive continent. Right. Do not look people in the eyes. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't find any... And everyone said some parts of Africa. Everywhere I looked. No yeah. one specifically said, in the Congo, it's um, considered... Uh, impolite or aggressive or something like that to to maintain eye contact. It's definitely in in um, Japan. Yeah. If you make eye contact with somebody, you are saying I'm your superior. So oh, if you are yeah. socially or say business wise uh, an inferior to somebody, you're you're averting your gaze and it's respectful. In the U.S., oh. you shake hands and you make eye contact and you just you know climbed a wrong right there. Unless you're Prince, and then you say like nobody can hide. Eye contact with me. Is that for real? Because he likes to do things that just mess I, with people for fun. I, I think I think 90% of the stories you've heard about Prince are not true. What about the him playing basketball? He's like a really good basketball player, though, says Charlie Murphy. Well, I believe in everything Charlie Murphy says. There you <laughs> I found some more culturally bound stuff. What else? Thumbs up in New Zealand does not mean, like, right on. Does that mean a... Like thumb up your butt? Pretty much. Really? Yeah. Wow. You don't want to do that. Um, uh, similarly, when you make like the peace sign, as long as you're not showing the people the back of your hand. Sure, in England, <clears throat> that's... Yeah, that's and in, in Australia and I believe New Zealand too. Like that movie Bad Taste, the cover of it, that P- I think Peter Jackson's first or second movie. Oh, right. The cover of it's like an alien going like that, and I'm like, what's he, what's two... Yeah, why is he showing me the number two? Then as I grew up, I learned to understand what that was. What else you got? Uh, in some cultures, nodding means no. Like oh. nodding yes actually means no, like in Greece and Bulgaria. Oh, wow. That could uh, get you in trouble. Yeah, and in Mexico, <laughs> Mexico, this is what I found, Mexico, Haiti, and Spain, it is perfectly normal to go to a waiter, which I do. I don't do it to waiters, but I'm a kind of person. Oh, really? That's how you call someone over and get their attention. You may also make kissing noises at them. To a waiter? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So I go to Mexico, I need my check, and I go... I guess, according to this thing that I read, which seemed pretty legitimate. Interesting. Yeah. What was the website? I don't remember. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll definitely send it to you to post, but it, it's... Um, it was like a, it was researched material to be used by business people around the world. Oh, okay. If it was a hoax, then they did a pretty good job fooling me. Gotcha. All right. Well, let's take another break and we'll come back and we'll talk about, uh, deciphering some of these nonverbal cues right after this. All right, so language uh, is a very precise thing, or it can, should be, or can be. Um, body language, would you would think, is just all over the map, but there are actually uh, some categories that some brilliant social scientists have come up with. Yeah. And I think they make sense. Yeah, basically the, they've broken it down into five categories or five types of nonverbal communication of body language. Yeah. Um, there's emblems. It's like hanging a bird. Yeah, or shaking your fist or something like that. Something that, that um, is very symbolic of something else that you can also put into words, right? Who shakes a fist at someone? Some people do. Okay. It's a good, it's a, it's a good. Yeah? Yeah. Because it's saying throw, like. Throw that middle finger and then you're. That's really, that's very aggressive. Okay. That's very aggressive. I'm just kidding. I never flick someone a bird. 
Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Like in a car or something? No way. Yeah, apparently it's really dangerous. Yeah, and that's, uh, yeah, that's why I do it. I think it's just, I mean, I'll get mad <laughs> and, and say things, but I would never, I don't know who that person is. Yeah, could be a psycho. Yeah, then you're getting chased or you're getting shot at by someone because you felt like you just had to shoot a bird. Yeah, we talked about this in the road rage yeah. episode. Yeah, I wouldn't hang people the bird. That's not smart. By the way, I want to update on that. I've, I've been improving more and more behaviorally. Oh, yeah? Even since the road rage episode. And I was already on the right path then. So you're doing good behind the wheelies? Yeah, I'm you're doing, doing so good. I feel like I'm about the same. Well, you've always been that way. No, but I get mad. One time you rode with me, I think it was the first time you ever rode with me, and I started yelling at somebody. You're like, uh, really? <laughs> you well. seem genuinely surprised. And I remember thinking, like, this What's is wrong? abnormal. <laughs> uh, well, that was probably because you were, like, sending an email with your left hand and driving with your knee and had a coffee in the other. I've gotten so much better. <laughs> That's good. It's because you value your life. I do. It's great. <laughs> um, emblems. After emblems, uh, illustrators, which, um, like, shaking your head to uh, as far as emphasis, if to emphasize something you're saying. Right. Like, uh, like no. Sure. It's, you can just say no, but the person's like, he doesn't really mean that, until you shake your head while yeah. you say no. Then and especially no if you twice. do it slowly, yeah. that you're really saying, like, do not ask me again. Yeah. Boy, I never thought about that. The slow one really does mean something different. It does. It adds. It bulks it up. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, regulators. Uh, I think this is in a conversation to let someone else know uh-huh. that maybe, all right, it's time for you to talk now or it's time for me to talk. Right. Or it's time for us to stop talking, like looking at your watch. Or just getting up and walking away. That's, yeah. That's body language. Yeah, I guess it is. <laughs> it definitely speaks volumes. Um, there's adapters, which uh, I guess have to do with the person listening, or I guess anybody, either one, uh, making themselves more comfortable. Like, you know, when you're in a conversation with somebody and they just kind of shift in their seat. Like settle in? Yeah. Now, they could be doing it differently where they're fidgeting, they're shifting in their seat uncomfortably, like they can't get comfortable. That's just something totally different than somebody who's just like settling in, just making themselves more comfortable. Right. Or I guess if you like, if you're having a conversation and someone just sits up on the edge of their seat, that kind of says, we're done here. Sure. Like I'm about to get up. Yeah. So please say something in closure. Yeah, especially if you sigh while you do that too, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then there's affect displays. And these are the ones that most people think of when they think of body language. These are the ones that, um, you know, like where you make that, that face when you eat something putrid or your shoulders right. go up around your ears when you're scared all of a sudden. Yeah, if you're mad, it's emotional based. Yeah. Emotion based? Yeah, based. like your, your eyebrows furrow. Right. Uh, there's just so much body language. I came across this one guy from 1978, an M. Argyle. No idea what the M stands for. But in 1978, Professor M. Argyle, a researcher of body language, said that there's probably something like 700,000 words in the body language, wow. human body language. I have no idea how he or she came up with that. That seems high. But it's fun to throw out there. Junk science. 1978. Yeah, you could say anything back then as, <laughs> as far as like social psychology. Yeah. Um, misinterpreting body languages, uh, we talked a little bit about that. That is very easy to do. Um, they have one uh, little uh, anecdotal story about a woman who was a consultant that I think she was pitching into CEO of a big company. Mm-hmm. 
And um, the guy just sat there basically with his arms crossed and didn't emote. And at the end was just like, thank you. And she thought, well, I've blown this one. And turns out that is just the way that guy is. He, he loved, he like loved a the jerk. I know. He loved the presentation. And uh, if he hadn't liked it, he just would have left is what uh, the uh, partner said, I think. Yeah. So you can easily misinterpret body language. Um, I don't know if it's. I guess it could be dangerous. And that, well, I mean, that's part of the problem. It can be dangerous, especially when you apply it to law enforcement. Like um, Paul Ekman, we talked about him heavily in the micro expressions episode because yeah. he basically studied micro expressions through facial movement, facial muscle movement, yeah. and figured out what each one meant. And he came up with the um, facial action coding system, the FACS. Which apparently the FBI and other law enforcement agencies use to tell whether you're lying or you're hiding something in an interrogation. Misreading that, that's dangerous. That's when it becomes dangerous, for sure. Yeah, this uh, dude I was talking about, Joe Navarro, who was a 25-year vet of the FBI. Yeah. He's written a lot about body language. Right. And he's one of the ones that warns about the myths and, and misreading things. But um, his uh, he wrote a whole article on shoulders. And he said everyone's always talking about the face and facial expressions. He thinks you can read a lot into the shoulders of a person. Yeah. Uh, whether it's slumping or sure. bowing up or uh, – and then he actually talked to criminals over his entire career and said, what do you look for in a victim? So if you're looking to not be victimized, you might want to avoid these things. Okay. Uh, looking frail or weak or not athletic. Yeah. Work out. Yeah, or just you know try and carry yourself. Like you're not frail or weak, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's a lot to do with the shoulders. Um, situational awareness, which is a big one. Yeah. If you just look like you're have your head in the clouds, that's one for you me. Be a target. Yeah. What you're in your head about something. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and then um, the way someone swings their arms, um, like vigor <laughs> vigorously or real subdued, or not at all, like on that one episode <laughs> yeah, of Seinfeld. Yeah, that was it. Was that Raquel Welch? No, it was. Um, well, yeah, it ended up as Raquel Welch, but right. it was Molly uh, Shannon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she remember she like swept. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Elaine's desk just clean. Oh man, just, yeah, I love really Molly Shannon. Episode. She's one of my favorites. Yeah, she's fantastic. Um, so what was yeah the arm swing and basically uh, what these criminals would say to him over and over is. You know, the silverbacks don't go after other silverbacks. They go after the weak ones. And they said it's the same with criminals. So, like, keep those shoulders straight. And uh, I was like, what's a silverback? I forgot. This sounds like a criminal corporate buzz speak. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Silverbacks, that's the local soccer team. How do you not know what that is? Is it? Sure. That's what I thought. Yeah. All right. Uh, what else we got? Oh, these, uh, these people that try and coach you, we were going to mention them. Yeah. Nut jobs. I don't think they're nut jobs. Dude, okay, the one, the one person who emerged as a hero from this article says, be very careful in trying to pay attention to your body language and speak consciously through it because you're going to, it, you're going to have massive problems. Yeah. That's not what body language is intended for. So the people who say, no, master your body language and use it to communicate, yeah. you're going to come off as a creep. Right. An aggressive, weirdo, corporate creep, if you do that. Well, yeah. and I mean, if you're making a presentation, it's hard enough to get the words right. Yeah. So if you start thinking like about every single movement you make and yes. what that conveys, yeah. 
I don't. I agree. I don't think you're doing yourself any favors. Or like if you go to again a car sales a car lot, right? Yeah. And you're like, I'm going to make sure I look very defensive and aggressive. So I'm going to go rigid, and my shoulders are going to go up. Right. The car salesman's going to be like, that that guy's walking like a robot. I'm going to take him <laughs> for a ride. True. You know, there's it, you you just you could conceivably speak through your body language more. I don't dispute that. Right. You can become more aware of your natural body language, too. I don't dispute that either. But when you focus on it and use it as a technique to manipulate other people, yeah. I, I have issues with that. Well, here was one idea I didn't think was terrible. Like, if you are if you do a lot of public speaking, then um, maybe watching yourself with the sound off. Sure. I didn't disagree with that one either. That's not a terrible idea, yeah. I think. As um, a matter of fact, I was like, maybe, maybe I should try that. No, don't do that. <laughs> Uh, the other technique um, that was brought up was called mirroring. That means, and this just sounds crazy to me, this is when you actually try and mimic the person you're talking to, mimic their body language and yeah. expressions to, I guess, to... Make them feel more comfortable to you. People are attracted to themselves as the basis of it. Oh, uh, okay. So when you uh, mimic them, they feel more relaxed around you. They're like, I really like that person. I like the cut of their jib. I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. But they're actually mimicking your own body language. If you're leaning leaning against the wall, right? They're they're going to lean against the wall too. That's disconcerting. It is. That's that's nuts. You shouldn't do that to people. That's manipulative and weird. And it just be yourself. How about that? Yeah, I think this quote sums it up. I'm trying to learn. I'm trying. Sorry, trying to use body language by reading a body language dictionary is like trying to speak French by reading a French dictionary. See, you can list off all the nonverbal cues in the world, but mm-hmm. if you try and learn the body language, quote unquote, because of that, <laughs> yeah. then you're just going to end up confused or you're going to miss something they actually said. Yeah. And plus also context is huge too. Like if you're just watching somebody's body language, like a hawk in a conversation, yeah. you don't necessarily know that person's baseline. So what is yeah. by definition is body language dictionary, a red flag. Right. Doesn't necessarily mean it's a red flag with that person. You know, like if they're yawning, are they bored? Right. Or are they nervous? Right. You gotta have context and you can't just, you can't just read people like that. It's stupid. Go with your gut. Sure. Um, but I don't think you should actively try to read it. If you want to, go ahead. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to. I did read an article with one, um, uh, woman who, uh, was an expert supposedly and she did talk a lot about the baseline. She's like, that's the most important thing. Yeah. You don't know. You got to know how someone normally is. Are they twitchy? Yeah. Then uh, if you're, they're twitching in conversation, that's normal for them. Right. So I, it doesn't uh, mean that you can't trust what they're saying right then. It yeah. just means that they're a little awkward. Yeah. Like me. You're not awkward. You got anything else? Nope. Friends, that is body language. And if you want to know more about it, you can type these words body language into the search bar at howstuffworks.com and since I said friends it's time for listener mail uh, this is from this is a question actually I said we'd answer on the air uh, hey guys been listening for quite a few years and you've seen me through a lot of years of growth <laughs> out of high school and into my own as nice. an adult uh, I have a question that's been a challenge for me recently I'm studying permaculture uh, quite intensively and parts of the study are pretty depressing like climate change, species lost, and unfair trade. Uh, I try to reflect positives only to my clients who are trying to grow their own food because I'd rather encourage them 
to sustain themselves physically and emotionally than feel guilted or trapped into changing a lifestyle. I realize that having the opportunity and time to focus on ethical choices is a luxury and want to avoid shaming people. Uh, I think this approach uh, is good for my own well-being because tackling issues bigger than myself seems more harmful than productive. But like you, part of my job uh, is education. Um, so the question is, how do you guys deal with darker topics that you cover? I really appreciate the way you do it, some, uh, and I would like some insight and advice how you prevent these topics from weighing too heavily on you and still live a life of enjoyment, uh, yet conveying topics uh, honestly. And that is from Annalise in Australia. Nice. Ew. Um, I think my answer is like when we cover something like uh, dementia or HIV, like we recently did, mm-hmm. we're always going to have humor in there, respectfully and in the right ways. Because sure. that's what we do. Plus, also that helps when we're getting this stuff across. It's not like it's not like we're causing dementia. We're just saying like, here's all the information that that right. we found on this. Here's everything you need to know about dementia. And I think the thing that that allows us to go from you know a lighthearted topic to a very dark topic to whatever is is that we're we're putting it out there as objectively as possible or as unbiased as possible. Trying to. We're not passing much judgment on it, depending on the topic. But for the most part, we don't really pass too much judgment on it. And yeah. I think that, that allows us to, to talk about anything. Yeah, and as far as taking it home, um, if we do something that's a big bummer that it really impacts me, it'll bum me out for sure. Yeah. But um, just like anything else, I think knowledge is, is key to uh, the more you know about something, the less um, scared you might be of it. Yeah. You just, you just go work it out, you know? Good answer? Yeah, that's a great answer, Chuck. Me too. If you want to get in touch with Chuck or me or Jerry uh, or anybody who we could conceivably pass a message along to, right? Yeah. You can t- <laughs> you can tweet to us at SYSK Podcast. You can join us on Facebook.com slash Stuff You Should Know. You can send us an email to StuffPodcast at HowStuffWorks.com. And as always, join us at our home on the web. StuffYouShouldKnow.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. 